0: It's getting cold in here boys it's cold outside it's cold in here
1: i don't want to hear it mr nashville he's, he's trying to he's
2: trying to do an intro <laughs> into chill picks. Oh. i know but as someone who drove to maine today i'm not accepting comments about cold. i think mess. my
3: favorite thing is when we did <laughs> chill picks Two. the the title that uh julian decided it should have is the hottest takes uh, like the hottest cards in the multiverse or something <laughs> chill picks Two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i remember one of these ones i came through and i was like "Oh, it's getting Really, really frosty. And someone was like, nah, it's lukewarm. We just
2: came out of the microwave. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's because you were like, well, oh, no, that was for hot picks. And you were like, because hot picks and chill picks are the same damn thing.
3: Prime picks, you mean? We have hot takes.
2: No, I don't know. It was the the cycle of like eight mana, eight eights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Julian was like, these are good. And I was like, that is a microwave take.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which that was one of the chill picks, so no, no one was correct on their temperature in describing it. Frozen that. dinners are but cold. Anyway, but anyway, we're doing another chill picks because we've run out of content once again. <laughs> so what better way to do it than just to talk about some highest, cards that we want to talk about?
3: highest listen-to content. <laughs> we'll finally give the people more of what they want.
0: People love when we just tell them that they're building their decks wrong and that they need to put these cards in their decks. That's all I'm getting out of this, really. <laughs> And we will continue to push the envelope until people say, wait, hold up. You've gone too far. You've gone quite too far. Uh, but anyway, right. The Hexdrinkers Podcast, episode 53. Uh, I'm your host, Jules. I'm joined by my co-host, Eric. Hello. No sound came out of that man's mouth. Hello. I assume that it...
2: There we go. It, it was uh, captured on, on my end, but whatever. Okay.
0: Yo. Anchov. Yep. And we are a longtime playgroup group during the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours and i know we don't always do that actually i would say over 50 percent of the time we we might even impact your your leveling up in a negative way but at this point we really are trying to level up both our game and yours by telling you to play some of these cards because really uh they're underrated they're underloved uh and they need to be in more of your decks specifically your edh decks because we don't talk about other formats for the most part alchemy who that's a that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> that's a topic that many other podcasts have covered better than we will. We're not going to. We're not going to talk about Chill it. Chill
3: Picks. We're back.
2: Chill we're picks. doing a third
3: one. We're going to tell you guys about some cards.
2: They're good cards. And you don't think that they are, but you're wrong. I mean, I was looking at what we've done
0: before, and we, we, we each do three picks, roughly, uh, for yeah, uh, each so episode. Three so of us
3: do three picks every time, Julian. there's only one. There's only one other person. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's twenty four cards plus maybe plus a few like more. eighteen um, <laughs> that we've already talked about, and I, I, still there's just a bunch of good cards to to talk about.
2: Uh, you know what? I'm gonna lead off this one because Chev is gonna steal my thunder with probably just a better pick. Uh, hopefully, immediately afterwards, I'm gonna talk about the card Avoid Fate. Hmm. Uh, this card is one hmm. green for an instant counter target instant or aura spell that targets a permanent you control. Uh, and it's printed at Common. Uh, this card is running around 1,300 decks. So it's pretty low popularity for a card that can, can go in literally any green deck. Obviously, if you have blue in your color combination, this is going to be a little less popular. But this is...
3: Reed, just... you should not play this. <laughs> if blue is yeah. is
2: is blue is in there, we, we got
3: another good one-mana one, one mana spell if you want it. But, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> this is just a counterspell for green. It's conditional... But it's not quite as conditional as, like, or it's not conditional in the same way as, like, Red Elemental Blast or Pyroblast, where it requires your opponent to be running a specific color, because this will beat out any sort of instant speed removal spell, or any, if you're running up a lot of, against a lot of, like, enchantments that are really annoying to you. Uh, if people are, you know...
1: If you're playing against uh, me, and I'm running,
3: like...
2: Pacifying a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... Well,
3: also, I, I mean, I this is clearly what Eric was, you know, thinking of. He was going forward with how blue is changing from thing, effects like Pongify and Reality Shift to enchantments like Frogify that change your creature into another um, uh, creature and type and lose abilities, but it's spell based. So clearly, Eric was thinking of the the far future when that is the main source of blue sort of interaction with creatures, and uh, this will be able to kind of deal with that new threat
0: i mean chef this deals perfectly good with uh, rapid hybridization and pongify yeah. too so yeah it's an all-in-one right? guess it's basically it, also, it you know
3: what says it counter does? target blue removal spell like right there in the fine print yeah it's almost like it's pyroblast <laughs> pretty much
1: but in
2: green <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pyroblast but in green but it also beats out like swords path mm-hmm. anguish, stun making true there's a lot of good cards that this card directly counters and uh, one of my favorite things about it is like, yes, it's popper legal and it's probably viable in popper, but it also works at very high level commander where people are playing a lot of super efficient removal. And so having a super efficient counter spell is entirely reasonable. Yeah. Most games. The hero games, doesn't like this card. Most games you would not be upset to have this card in your hand. And uh, that's why I think it should definitely be in more than 1300 decks. It's just, it's thoroughly underrepresented.
3: In a similar vein, of, uh, I, there, there's definitely, recently, I've, I've been really playing with um, counterspells and other effects outside of blue. Because there are, in Magic's history, uh, quite a few of them. I, I run Withering Boon, which is the black pay-three-life counter-target summon spell uh, in Shiro. It always throws people off. Um, but I think my favorite of these sort of non-traditional counterspells is Warping Whale. Uh, it's a uncommon from Oath of the Gatewatch. Yeah, Eldrazi-themed, of course. It's a 1 and then a specifically uh, colorless mana. And for that, you choose 1 of exiling target creature with power or toughness, 1 or less. Counter-target sorcery spell. And then, or... And you should just probably ignore this last one. Uh, put a 1-1 colorless Eldrazi scion creature token onto the battlefield. It has sacrificed this creature. Add a colorless to your mana pool. So... You, if you're thinking about using it for that, you're, you're wrong. Um, you're going to be countering a
0: sorcery spell. Chev, bro, that's like a ritual almost, though. You know? You're like, I need. I only have 10 mana, but I need that 11th. Well, yeah, so, so I'll just take two, two of that mana. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a reverse it's ritual. It's a layaway
3: plant from hell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So super <laughs> conditional, you can find a way. But you should be saving this for countering a, a sorcery spell uh, or exiling a target creature with power, toughness, one or less. And since it's a colorless thing, you can run this in any deck. Uh, so when Spotify... Or Spotify. Uh, when EDH EDHREC takes the most two recent years of uh, decks, and that's how those calculations work on those given pages, um, there have been 808,000 decks made. And Warping Rails in, Warping Whale is in 1% of them. Now, some of that data is probably a little bit like, that's going to include blue decks. And like I mentioned with the Void Fate, you shouldn't run this... Um, If you're playing blue, there are better options. But for everything else, just think about all the sorceries that end games in Commander. Like Debt to the Deathless, Insurrection, Torment of Hailfire. Even a Wrath of God that is going to affect you the most negatively. Like all of those things you can stop with a Warping Whale in any color deck. This did a ton of amazing stuff in my Eldrazi build. It continues to do amazing stuff in my Toshiro build. Um, And and that's just the countering the, the sorcery part. I've only ever had to use... The exiling target creature with power of toughness one or less three times, and all three of them have been against Oakley's fucking mother of runes, giver of runes. <laughs>
1: That's not true. You got Is brash that... taunter once. I got brash taunter. Another, <laughs> another stellar
3: pick to get out of there, especially yep. with uh, you know, indestructible. So this card just it it pays for itself a thousand times over. It's going to stop your opponents from winning the game at least once and is going to be useful in every deck that doesn't have blue.
1: If I want to put this in a deck uh, with colors, I I noticed that despite being a colorless card, it does have the restriction that one of those mana symbols has to be colorless. Do you have any recommendations for what I might do to go about uh, working around that?
3: Every deck is going to run some utility lands, most likely, and that is going to be your probably best source to make sure you have colorless-specific mana as opposed to generic mana. Um, other ones, I mean, your Soul Ring produces it now, and luckily they've updated the templating so you can see it on there.
1: Uh, you've, every mana rock that taps for colorless is going to give you what you need. I was thinking, like, the the Pain lands and the, the Filter lands oh, would help. Yeah, yeah, well. well, that's a good one. Sometimes people forget about those, I feel, but yeah.
3: Yeah, those that can produce the colorless. No, that's that's a good, that's a that's a good take.
2: I always forget the filter lands can produce colorless.
1: Those are the good
2: filter. Those are good ones. lands. Yep. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty cheap now too. Okay, real quick before I go into mine, uh, Eric, I, I got to ask a real question because I don't know if you're prepared for this or not. What mm-hmm. reason would you run a Void Fate over like Snakeskin Veil, that just gives a creature hexproof? Um, oh, cause it's any permanent you control. That's it's why. any permanent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could say that. Sorry. I, yeah. I like didn't <laughs> actually know if you had something prepared for that. I was just like, I, I think the pause says you didn't,
2: <laughs> I, I didn't, but I also like I knew the card was good. And if I had reread it, I would have come up with an answer, but yeah, it, it is just, it can protect more permanence than just your creatures.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good, good stuff. Um, well since i'm talking i guess I'll, I'll i'll go now um so my first pick uh for this chill picks uh, for this round of chill picks is going to be a little guy called uh topplegeist uh it is a one mana one one flyer with uh oh it's a spirit by the way that could be relevant yep. um more relevant now when it yes. adorable. Uh, it is adorable uh when it enters the battlefield tap target creature and opponent controls okay that's that's not great but It has a Delirium effect, where uh, if you have Delirium, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if there are four more, yeah, card types in your graveyard, tap target creature that player controls. So, Delirium essentially means when this guy is out, you get to tap down your opponent's, you know, biggest or otherwise most troublesome creature uh, every single turn. I think this is actually just, like, really solid, because this is a really good, like, late game draw, as good as it is. As it could be like an early game draw because uh, the effect, assuming you have Delirium, of course, uh, comes into play as it can come into play as soon as it hits the battlefield. So if your opponent was planning on swinging for lethal like the next turn, uh, then you get to tap that guy down. Also, it's each opponent, so each of your opponent's biggest things. And tap down also means you get to potentially just swing back without repercussions, uh, which is awesome. Uh, last thing I'll mention about it is that it, uh, I guess it synergizes very well with, uh, you know, decks that I kind of like where it's all about having a lot of small attackers. Uh, any deck where you're running, like, Throne of the God Pharaoh, uh, and you just need to get in. If you need to get in past stuff, like with, uh, if it's in a deck with Toski, where it, like, draws you a card, if it hits your opponent, great little, uh, dork to have. Also, as Eric pointed out, it's very cute. Uh, it is, uh, it's got some sweet Seb art of a little... Just dude, like the the little guy that, you know, like closes your door, like that, that spooks you and you like knocks stuff over. <laughs> it's, it's that ghost. Uh, and he's, he is adorable. So yeah, you should play him.
3: <laughs> it's, it's very rare that we get these tap abilities too, that doesn't cause the creature itself to tap. Yeah. And so you, mm. you do get like all the added flexibility and, and of course, uh, as Oakley mentioned that each upkeep kind of like the forces that we saw from Julian last time, uh, but for a million less mana. Now of course it does die to Warping Whale though. So how uh, how powerful is it? You know you have to reevaluate. Well, chem, just that's, dies.
2: Exile. Exile. That, <laughs> that's two
1: mana to kill a one mana creature. I uh, yeah no you're winning on uh, you're winning on mana. Yep. <laughs> Plus you could just make an Eldrazi Scion and block. Or well if that Scion I'm flying, but I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> all
3: right, so you Never get fun. you get all and your creatures with flying, and,
1: yep. and then you make the Scion. Like it's it's a
3: foolproof plan, I think.
0: Well, my first pick is not cute, and it's also not a common or an uncommon. I'm talking about a mythic rare, boys. Oh. I'm not playing these baby games. Uh, I'm talking about Underrealm Lich. Now, if you listen to my podcast about the Mimeoplasm, uh, I've been on a, a semi-graveyard kick. It's not normally something that I do, but Underrealm Lich is one of the cards that I kind of refell fell in love with uh, through that deck. Underrealm Lich is a, a three black green, so five mana total for a four three. Uh, That doesn't really matter. Um, It says, if you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library, then put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard, and then you can pay four life, and Underrealm Lich gains indestructible and end of turn, and you tap it. So Sylvan Library is like a pretty good card,
3: right? It's decent. I think, you know, you can pick it up in a couple bulk rare bins. Yeah.
0: This is basically... in In any deck that you're playing at least Golgari, this is basically Sylvan Library, right? Every time you draw, and this is... This is also if you would draw. So if you're drawing multiple times over a turn or on separate turns, you get this trigger as well, as opposed to not just in the beginning of, a you know, your draw step, um, you get to look at the top three and then, yeah, you don't get the option to quote unquote, take them all if you want to pay that life, but you get the best one out of the three. So in case you're like, you know, sensei's locked or something, you can kind of clear that out. And then, uh, and then you put the other two in your Graveyard, which in any self-respecting Golgari, you know, black-green plus deck Sultai. is basically your second hand. <laughs> yeah, Saltai, um, some Abzan decks, you know, like if you're five playing Corridor, are you kidding me? It's disgusting. Yeah, or if you're playing five-color <laughs> yeah. Graveyard, which if, honestly, if you're playing five-color Graveyard, I don't know how I feel about you as a person. <laughs> but yeah, this quickly becomes more potent than Sylvan Library. I'm not going to say it's a better card than Sylvan Library because... Shit will go down in flames, but um, the ability to just really stock your graveyard like this, get that card selection, and then the other thing is, you know what you can't do with Sylvan Library? Pay for life to give it indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if someone has a disenchant, that thing's going away. But this guy right here, if someone tries to hit it with the, uh, dude, not, you know, with not if you're going to avoid you, fate. You, I would say, what if I avoid yeah. fate,
2: Julian? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. You can avoid fate, but you also could just pay the life That's in true. case you didn't have the avoid That's fate. True. You know, yeah. you don't. We don't always all draw or avoid fates at right at at the, at the right time. You know. So, also, this is a uh, <laughs> this is from uh, Guilds of Ravnica where they decided that everything had a million subtypes. So this is a zombie elf shaman, which somehow are three very relevant creature types. So in case you're building a tribal deck. Uh, this goes in all three of those, really. Yeah. Well, maybe not your shaman deck. I don't know how many black green shaman decks they have, but definitely zombie and elf you could you could be playing this. So Under Realm Lich, uh, a really good pickup. And it's gonna run you about six bucks, which cool. is much more expensive than all the other cards that we've talked about so far. But for a mythic of a under open set relatively to what was released around it, you know, that's not that bad. We've talked about Ixalan a bunch of times, where it's just the mythics are so expensive.
3: Probably the best thing about it, Julian, is if you're you're playing this, but you're feeling like you're missing something over your Sylvan Library, even if nothing's targeting it, you know, you can pay for life a couple times, feel like you're still you're still paying the life for the effect, and uh, that you're not getting by without it. So, you know, no pain, no gain.
0: True. Well, Chev. So listen, consider this. I have that Throne of the Godfrey out that Oak was talking about. When I pay that four life and give this indestructible, it taps it. So that's another damage that all of you are taking. <laughs> yeah. So that's almost me paying four life to deal three damage, which is just crazy.
1: That's almost a bad deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, uh.
2: but still, listen... Avoid Fate is uh, also pretty expensive. It's oh, an no. old card.
3: <laughs> oh, is it reserve list? No, no, but it got... Last time it got printed was uh, Time Spiral on the old sheet. Mm. So, it's been a while. Uh, how, how expensive is pretty expensive? I
2: thought I saw it at $6 earlier, and then I just checked again now, and it was $16. How so, does it
3: compare... So, that's got to be more expensive than Veil vale of Summer, which I feel like uh, is a more recent card, but might get you most of the same... Um, benefit.
2: Probably going to get you more benefit, actually, but uh,
3: <laughs> if your points you know, we scrim. have to pick three cards. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, listen, Veil of Summer was probably more expensive, but then it got banned out of everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> so fair. now it's not.
3: There's also, uh Eric, while well, well, you've got the computer up, Veil of Autumn.
2: Uh Veil of Autumn is a good card. Uh, that's that another is... one
3: mana. Green does something it probably shouldn't.
2: Uh, hey, green's allowed to do whatever it wants and Veil of Autumn is 66 cents.
3: Can you tell us what Veil of Autumn does?
2: Yes, sir. Computer. For an instant, spells you control can't be countered by black or blue spells this turn, and creatures you control can't be the targets of blue or black spells this turn. So it doesn't draw you a card and drive you home and make you dinner, uh, but <laughs> it does keep your spells and your permanents safe, or your creatures safe. It doesn't protect all your permanents, just creatures.
0: Yeah. So you know. You... And only from blue and black.
3: Just from blue and black. But really, they're the problem children... Most of the time,
0: I don't know. I love me a swords to plowshares,
3: but yeah, you know, you want your opponents to be like, "Wow, avoid fate." That's that exists. Get that sixteen dollars. You want sixty six cents to uh, do two thirds the same thing. Pick up a veil of autumn. You want everyone to have flashbacks to a, a bad
0: standard. Veil of summer. Chev, I feel like you just you just keep digging, and really, we should just move on to whatever the next
2: <laughs> card
3: is. I'm just here giving the people some extra cards, just like you, Julian. Like the thing that you're about to say. Or we'll say later on. That's not one card, is it Julian? It's ten.
2: Julian, Jul- why don't you tell us about those ten cards? Well No, by runtime this should be half the podcast, so let's get it started now. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say it in response to a card that Chev was gonna say, but I guess Chev can just say his after mine. Um Yeah. So obviously I always cheat on these episodes and I do a cycle and I figured I had to do it again this time, but I figured I was going to do it even better because this time there are 10 cards in the cycle instead of five cards. Uh, These are the Kaldheim utility lands. Specifically, these are not the snow lands. Uh, This is not the world tree. These are the uncommon two color lands from uh, Kaldheim. So they all enter tapped. They tap for one of a color Um, And then they have an activated ability of two of their other color plus one of the color they tap for, tap and sack, and it gives you an ability. So here is an example so that people understand (laughs) that horrible explanation I just had. Um, Gates of Isfel, right? Enters the battlefield tap and taps for a white, and then you can pay two white and double blue and tap Gates of Isfal and sacrifice Gates of Isfal and you gain two life and draw two cards. So that is how they were all, they're all templated and they each do a different thing that synergizes with what that color pair wants to do. Um, and then tilted towards call obviously, because these are in limited and stuff. Basically, these are all very free to play. They're essentially just another tapped basic. Um, but then they all, they pretty much all, except for one, have like good abilities there's just no reason not to play them. And they all see play in between less than one um, up to 4% of decks. Um, and that's just ridiculous. Uh, the one that sees play in four is the actually the Boros one, uh, just because when you sacrifice it, you can search your uh, library for an aura or an equipment card and put it into your hand. So it, it basically tutors an aura and equipment. And we talked about this. That's all Boros wants to do is just attack and put equipment and auras on things. So it's no wonder that this is here, but like this really should be in... 40% of decks yeah. for you know what sort of I mean Boris is getting better recently but
3: I mean even if it's not right but you then that gets you a lightning greaves or swiftfoot boots or or even like yeah, a dark skill exactly. mutation like it can get you every deck is running auras and equipment
2: I also want to say like I think Lityara mirror lake is severely underrepresented uh that one is the simic one and it just clones a creature and puts a 1-1 counter on it at sorcery speed that's so good for five mana yeah
1: Julian, I want to know. Yeah, exactly. I want to know which of the ten you think is the bad one. Cause <laughs> Okay, so so
0: Axe Guard, Armoring, the the Boros one, uh, Tutors, Tutors and Equipment and Aura, that's good. Uh the Simic one copies a creature you control, generally your best one. Um the uh the blue-black one I actually run in my flash deck. Uh that mills you a bit and then reanimates something. That's just stupid good. Um I run not folds lumber mound, which is the gruel one in my Svela deck. That destroys a land. Um, and then also gives you a 4-4, four, four, uh, which is pretty sick. Uh, Gates of Isfell uh, just gains you, know, you, draw gains you two baby. life and draws you two cards. The black-white one just uh, gets you a 4-4. Four, four, um, it gets you a, a, a Sarah Angel, basically, but it only costs three mana, which Well, you have crazy. to sacrifice a creature um, to
3: get it. Y- yeah,
0: well, <laughs> or, that's what Orzal wants to do. Even the green-white one just uh, puts counters on your stuff and then gives, well, it puts a counter on two things, and then they get Vigilance and Lifelink. Like that's crazy just because you can just one, you get a free attack because vigilance and two, you can just have a huge life sling with the lifelink. I think the only one that's not that good is the the black red one, which deals three damage to target player. If it was target creature, it'd be way better, but it deals three damage to target player and they discard a card. But even then, if you're just playing a Rakdos deck, you can just have this because a lot of things just care about like, I mean, we've seen, seen like spectacle, even in the last couple sets, there've been like, if your opponent lost life this turn or whatever you get whatever trigger. Um, and then sometimes people only have one card in hand. They're sandbagging something. You can just hit them with this and they have to discard it. So basically look at these cards. They are, they're basically all just free. All of the effects are reasonable to very good. And there's no reason to not splash one. Obviously you need to be in one of these two color pairs. If you're
3: not run the Dominaria utility land cycle, the, what do you mean? If there's ten of them, th- that's for each two color pair, <laughs> right? But the only way you wouldn't be is if you were in monocolor. Then you, then yeah, you if you were in mono, them. yeah. Well,
0: the other thing is, once you start getting up to like, it depends. For three, four, five color decks, then these get sketchy because you don't want to run something that only taps one color of mana. But I think in in whatever two color pair deck you're in, and even some three colors, three color decks depending on how intensive your mana base is, I think there's no reason to not run these. Like I said, I run uh, two or three of these in the decks that I have, and I only have like four decks, so.
3: (laughs) It is also interesting to see which ones of these they were like, nah, this needs to be sorcery speed. Like, don't do anything too crazy. And which ones aren't? I I guess maybe the only one that isn't though is uh, Port of Carfell, which is the demir one. Uh, But the creature comes in tap, so maybe they're like, oh, I guess Gates of Istfell and uh, Not Vold, are the other two? X-Guard. Um, and x and all, Oh, and X-Guard. And yeah, X-guard, yeah. So it's no, like so. five of them
0: instant, five of them not. I don't know. I think part of that was for limited. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying these are perfectly balanced. I'm just saying all the abilities are perfectly serviceable. And the fact that it comes on a land, right? You're not you're not dedicating a card slot in your deck to this. Um, these are essentially just free, as long as you don't mind one of your lands coming in tapped, which we're playing Commander. Things don't even happen until four or five anyway. Yeah. That's a, you know, a bit of a, an exaggeration, but... People know what I'm talking about. So, play those lands. And since clearly people are now going to play a bunch of those lands, Chev, how can the other people in their metas combat them? All right, so you, you, run, in, you run in elves, right? You got a bunch of 1-1s. One you, you
3: somehow don't have any of your uh, your things that make elves bigger. You're, you're in a weird state. Guy across from you is playing Niv-Mizzet. Drops a Certland Frost Pyre. For 5 mana, you can sac it, scry 2, and deal 2 damage to each creature. But luckily, it comes in taps. You can't activate the ability. Best way you can handle it? Tectonic Edge. Less than a dollar, even though it was last printed in Commander 2014. Taps for a colorless, tap 1 in it, sac it, destroy target non-basic land. Activate this ability only if an opponent controls 4 or more lands. So, there's a lot of text here that might make you think, you know, well, a wasteland is just inherently better. And you are correct, but a wasteland is probably 30x the price. And for that uh, slight change in value of being able to hit basics and I guess when your opponent has three lands and somehow they're going off um, <laughs> is just not worth it. So, Tectonic Edge, it sees play in 1%, again, of 808,000 decks and there are no reasons why this shouldn't see more like Warping Whale. Like, this should be in everything. $1 gets rid of the Fields of the Dead on the table, gets rid of these utility lands, gets rid of the World Tree, if you have someone right, running a five-color deck whose mana base is
0: eh, a little sketchy.
3: And then even, you've got this, you've got Encroaching Waste, which is the other one that recently got printed in CMR. That's same ability, but for four generic. Uh, so this is just much better. Still a dollar. And especially if you're running Field of Ruin, because that's been printed recently and you got started, take, this, take that out, put this in. Just a strict upgrade. Don't forget that Field of Ruin, when you activate it on an opponent's land... Every player tutors a land, including the two opponents who were just kind of chilling out there. So, I mean, if you're in group hug, that's cool. But you probably did not mean to ramp everyone uh, to take out one land. And, you know, there are better options available. So, get this. Cheaper than Ghost Quarter. Cheaper than Wastelands. And better than Field of Ruin. There's, there's no reason it shouldn't see more play in
1: most decks.
2: Plus, it's got Bruce flavor text.
1: That's true. Plus, it's got Bruce Tarl. <laughs> Before his first appearance, he was first referenced in his his uh, awakening was foretold in Tectonic Edge.
0: Well, <laughs> it's wild how often I'll like see a card, and I'll like look at the flavor text, and I'll be like, "Wow, they mentioned this character that just got like a legendary creature card like ten years ago." Yeah, I noticed that with a lot of the cards in um like Innistrad. Mm-hmm. Because They were like printed Rem Carolus and like all these people, and I was like, Oh, dang, these were just we dig it, these were people on Flavor Text. I mean, yeah. it
3: seems like a win win, right? Because it's like the low hanging fruit, Flavor Text already exists, they don't have to come up with another weird fantasy name. Um, someone else did the work of Bruce Tarl uh, last time it came out, and then they're like, Cool, we know who we're making, and random fans will be happy. I, I specifically remember when Brutaclad was announced, they like Brutaclad was mentioned on one weird myrrh uh from a mirrored set and they were like yeah here we go here's the crazy crazy myrrh Phyrexian dude and everyone was like holy
1: shit he's real
0: yeah pretty much it's free it's 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 the meme it's free real estate
1: that's how i felt when they printed you on a card chev that was like chevelle chevelle
3: (laughs) (laughs) caldine was was full of
0: surprises
1: we were all we were all happy to see him there
3: Bro, that was Iquoria. Ikoria? yeah. Well, I didn't pay <laughs> yeah, much. You time. fool.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you were there. <laughs> you were on the plane. All right. Chev
0: was, che was too busy fighting monsters. <laughs> All
1: right. I I anyway. got another one. Um, this uh this other card I'm about to reference. You know, I never know how to do the build up for these because it's like I'm gonna say the name in ten seconds. So it's like, okay. So so here's the card. The card is Shenanigans. It's uh two mana, one and a red. Shenanigans. Sorcery. <laughs> Don't let that put you off, destroy target artifact if I stopped there, the card would suck. <laughs> but it's also got dredge one uh in case you're an old time uh or a, a, sorry a new a new magic player or you just don't know what dredge does because you thought it was part of the giant block of text on the bottom of the card dredge is if if you would draw a card. At, at any point, it doesn't have to be during your draw step. It could be any time you're about to draw a card. Instead, you may put exactly X cards from the top of your library into your graveyard, where X is the number next to the keyword, dredge 1. Uh, if you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, just draw a card normally. So, that means that at least once a turn, if there are some troublesome artifacts out on the battlefield, you, can, uh, you have the answer right... In the palm of your hand, the swords are the first thing that comes to mind. Um, uh, you know, Forsaken Monument, every mana rock in existence.
3: I'm surprised Swiftfoot Boots and Lightning Greaves weren't higher in that Yeah,
1: list. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah,
0: he doesn't need those. <laughs> He's got Mother. of Yeah,
1: come <laughs> yeah. on. Um, also, if you recall, or if you watched our last chill picks, Chev brought up this cool card uh, that I that I like a lot as well, called Liquid Metal Torque, which uh, can turn any. Per, uh, non-land permanent into an artifact for a turn. If you combine these two things, what you have is a uh, <laughs> a kill-anything uh, two- for two-mana spell that c- can come back every turn, or multiple times in a turn if you just draw some cards. You know, play the spell, draw a card. Look, it's another shenanigans. And... <laughs> You mill a card in the process. So if you want cards in your graveyard, which I know a lot of decks do, this will help you out with that. So give this card a shot. I know it's a sorcery. I know it's over for just destroying an artifact. But if you're ever thinking about putting, like, an Ancient Grudge in a deck, I would say, like, give Shenanigans a try uh, instead.
3: Especially, I mean, go big or go home. Micas and Flattus. Don't even <laughs> need yeah. to worry about tapping. Just murder everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
3: then play and, Vandal and West. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh. Ooh. I, I think another thing too to mention and definitely kind of iterate on is Dredge, again, is whenever you draw a card. So if someone is targeting your graveyard with a Pajuka Bog or whatever to try and get rid of all the shenanigans, um, if you have a Mind Stone or Literally. some way to just draw a card at instant speed, get this back. You don't need to wait. I, I know it's the kind of trigger that especially in paper uh, is easy to forget. I... I I've, Run afoul of paper triggers all the time, as I'm sure most people do. So it's just something else to keep in mind that if you can draw, you can get shenanigans back.
1: As Eric mentioned in passing, Sensei's top, uh, easy, very easy, free, and you don't even lose the top because it goes on top. You you only lose (laughs) thirty (laughs) dollars.
2: All right. More than that. (laughs) We've been talking a lot about a lot about one mana cards, a lot about two mana cards, bunch of lands. We got one 5-mana card. It's a bunch of garbage. We're here to talk about 7-mana blue enchantments. Specifically, Cast Through Time. Cast Through Time is, as I mentioned, a 7-mana blue enchantment. Uh, 4 and 3 blue. Uh, it is from Rise of the Eldrazi, And it says, instant and sorcery spells you control have a rebound. That's it. Um, this card's wild. Uh, not in terms of power level, but in terms of effect. Just all of your cards just... Or all of your instants and sorceries just play themselves again is crazy. It works super well in any sort of big mana deck, and there's a lot of big mana spell slinger kind of uh, like Is it or uh, Mono Blue or um, Severance decks. <laughs> Gresses, <yep. laughs> um but yes, I'm sure it's kind of a problem that it's seven mana, but it's only in 648 decks, and it should be in more than that. The card is great for spell slinging. Even if you have to spend most of a turn or a whole turn just developing this, every play you make in the future will be stronger for it. All of your removal will come back again. And even if you only get out a couple cards before this gets removed, it doesn't remove rebound from the cards you have exiled. They still come back and they still work and they still have that benefit. Um, There's a lot of instant and sorcery spells that are in sort of like the middle to upper ranges where you start to get into some pretty powerful stuff. Um, this is an interaction that I didn't look up, but I just thought of uh, if you expropriate with cast through time out, does expropriate exile itself first or does uh, cast through time exile it? Uh...
3: I believe it would exile itself first, right? Cause it'd be like after resolution it gets sent to the exile, but if resolution involves exiling...
2: Caster time is exile the spell as it resolves. If you cast it, yeah. Hmm.
1: But, that might be dangerous. Hmm, by the time it's resolved, it's already exiled, isn't it? Because exiling
2: is there's part of the resolution. It, there's probably, there's
3: like, there's 15 uh, rules updates on the card on Scryfall. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, addresses. I think,
2: I think it's going to be in
3: there. Yeah. It's exiled directly from the stack. Effects that care about cards won't do
2: anything. Yeah, it's not clarified in here. But anyway, there are other big spells that I can talk about. Um, such as Brass's Bounty would be a fun one to, to do with this. Ooh, if you feel like you're a little... Action. You know, you've spent your Evan mana on this, and you're like, I feel cheated. I feel as though I'm short on mana. Just Brass's Bounty into another Brass's Bounty immediately, and then... Uh, you're set up for a pretty big storm or pretty big uh, pop-off turn uh, coming up.
0: There's just so many dumb things you can do with this card. <laughs> so so something, I think
3: I, I think I found it. In a note about uh, Flashback. So if you have a spell with Flashback, you'll be able to cast that spell three times. First, you cast it from your hand. Then it goes into exile with Rebound. Then it gets Rebound put into your graveyard. But... Uh, it will be... Then you can cast it from your graveyard due to flashback. It will be exiled due to flashback as it resolves. So it seems like if there's an ability on the card that causes the card to be exiled, that's going to trigger first. And Got then it. the second rules update that mentions Warp World. Uh, <laughs> for the rebound effect to happen, cast-through time needs to be on the battlefield as the spell finishes resolving. So I, I believe from that sort of like referencing, it's it's meaning like after it's finishing resolving, that's when the rebound would happen. So if the spell exiles itself in some way, then this won't occur. Basically just don't play expropriate. You won't have these problems. You'll have more friends. You'll live a better life.
2: But Selvala's Stampede <laughs> does work with Cast Through Time. Selvala's so.
3: Stampede is a a question for another day. We don't talk about that
2: card. You two don't talk about that card. Oak oh, and I say its name quite often. <laughs> <laughs> so- we should right. change
3: that. Oh. You all sucker punch or shit. But uh, this,
2: this card's just Just a bullet train to value town. Play it. It's fun. Uh, It's great in lower power decks. Uh, Don't play this at like your top level table, but you know that.
3: You know, I think that the real tech, Eric, is you cast Omniscience and then you don't have to worry about the seven mana cost.
2: That's true.
3: So, you know, big brain play right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think of what what cheats Enchantments into play. Yeah, there's Uh, not much. There's Academy. Show
3: and tell. Show and tell. Ooh. And I guess Salvala's Stampede, right? Isn't Show and Tell right? just creatures? Put for Salvala's battles, Stampede
2: right. would work. Uh, again, Academy Record. Oh, shut the fuck up about Salvala's I'm sure oh, Show and Tell is right. any
3: permanent. Okay.
1: It, through it, the does Breach. Mike it's said... only Ooh, through the Breach. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dang, that is a that has only been printed once. They should reprint that in like a Commander deck. This is like a Prime Commander deck. Yeah,
2: this, like, this just feels like a Commander card. And I want to see a deck with it, even if I'm the one who has to put it together. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think we're about to see a new version of it it'll cost 5 mana and uh, it'll do the same thing probably soon. I feel like 7 mana for this ability is not going to fly. It's not anymore. a thing
2: anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Except it'll it'll cost th- it'll cost a uh, 3 blue green. <laughs>
3: 3, three blue green and it has fertile for 2.
2: <laughs> I would I would pay 1 and 4 blue for this. I think that would be a fun cost. Shit, I'd
3: play th- two mana for this. Like, you know, I, I, what, what kind of question <laughs> is that?
2: I know, but like, I think one and four blue would be an interesting way to make this five mana where you're like...
3: What? Yeah, okay. I was like, damn, I mean, I'll, I'll play it for free, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: don't yeah. Tempt Clearly me. we would pay less, but Julian said five mana and I was like, what's a way to make this five yeah. mana that isn't just shitty and free? Because obviously, <laughs> if they did make this five mana, Wizards would make it two and th- uh, two blue and three, uh, but four blue and one would be, a, would be a spicy card.
3: Speaking of five mana enchantments, I've got Ooh. a pick. Tell me about them. As long as uh, Julian, were you going to say something else?
0: Well, one I was going to say, I'm just excited to see Eric attempt to, and when I say attempt, I really mean attempt because <laughs> I don't know how this will go, but a uh, uh, attempt to make like a an is it uh, spell slinger deck with this, and then also on the topic of is they could easily make this like four or five mana, and it's all like red. Oh and blue yeah, yeah, one something. of those like three Stupid, blue Stupid, you red. know what I mean? That'd be cool. But yeah, wizards. Reprint these old cards, hello. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Chev, what's your uh, what's your what's your exciting enchantment? so
3: my my final pick of the evening. Um, before I just start roasting everyone else's is Paradox <laughs> Zone. Now it's a card from Commander 2021. Which, quick tangent. Um, there were about 300 cards printed, uh, for Commander or I guess Legacy legal cards in 2021. No, 235. Because I did the math earlier. All these cards kind of avoided standard, um, and so it's very easy to kind of lose track of some of them. And a lot of them are also incredibly cheap. So you, for every Archaeomancer's map that's now like $20, there's a Paradox Zone, which is a 5-man enchantment, enters the battlefield with a growth counter on it. At the beginning of your end step, double the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone. Then create a 0 green and blue fractal creature token, put x 11 counters on it where X is the number of growth counters. So you're not getting your value on turns one or two, um, but you will very, very soon, I assure you. And now this is probably, again, with the requisite that we're not playing this at high power tables. In fact, the deck that I play this in is my Humza $30 hard limit um, commander deck. Paradox Zone, though, is perfect because unlike the... some of you guys might be thinking of the equipment that came out in the same deck, where it's whenever you attack with this creature, double the number of 1-1 counters on it. This creates a new creature every time. So for something like Hamza, it's amazingly perfect. Because each time you're getting a new creature, and that's reducing your cost, as opposed to kind of more 1-1 counters on the same creature, which doesn't really help anything. It's also very powerful with cards like Iridescent Beetle, which is another budget card from, um, I think, Zendikar Rising... Uh, but that ability, it's, a, it's like a 5-mana Insect, um, but create, at the beginning of your end step, create 1-1 one, one Insects equal to the number of 1-1 one, one counters uh, put onto permanents you control this turn. So as soon as you get Paradox Zone, doubling to 4, to 8, uh, to 16, if you can get it that long, you're creating 16 Insects a turn, which is like an insane amount of value, and you will be targeted very soon. Uh, another card, like Abzan Falconer, an oldie but a goodie for 1-1 one, one Counter decks, Um, just make all of your huge fractals now fly or anything from that cycle. First strike, death touch, you know, you name it. There's a, uh, well, I guess only an Abzan. There's an, (laughs) there's an Abzan card that'll give you that keyword. But since it takes a while to get started too, it'll also avoid a couple rounds of removal. I think, you know, when you've got things like a Sylvan library on the field or (laughs) a uh, cast through time, Uh, your paradox zone is not going to be the, the, center of a lot of people's woes so let it kind of stew let it get up there obviously only really good in one one counter strategies but definitely something that should see a lot more
0: love that card has just been like way too good way too many times yeah oh i like i I, it's not given that like i know it's like we were like oh we'll play like lower power decks but there still has just been plenty of plenty of times where i'm just like I just haven't drawn a disenchant, and this card's going to kill me in 2. Years. Oh, I have yeah. a
3: 48, 48, or, or
0: something, and that just like it just dangerous. keeps growing.
3: It's it's so good. Yeah.
0: And you know that I don't have creatures to block. <laughs> that's not that's not my brand.
3: Yeah. Get a few, uh, what, a Karn's, um, the the land from Dominaria that proliferates for some reason. It's like 4 like Yeah, Karn's Bastion. I, I mean, when you're doubling counters, every single one counts. So get a Karn's Bastion in there. Get something that costs less to proliferate in there. And you got a Traxa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, you can accelerate the number of growth counters on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in mm-hmm. addition to putting counters on the creatures that it's making. So, that's that's pretty good.
3: Because something like, well, uh, well, I guess doubling season. You're not really playing a budget deck. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's any kind of counter. So, you can get away with it pretty quickly in terms of, you know, um, getting fast and loose. Mm-hmm. That phrase made no mm-hmm. sense. I, I was just trying to end a sentence, and it didn't work out well. <laughs> I That's mean, you, you
0: ended a is sentence. Fast and Loose not a... That's true. Is I, fast this, and Loose not a, a saying?
2: <laughs> that, that happened for
0: sure. I say that all the time. Is that not a saying? Well, not the fast two sayings loose?
3: together. Like, Fast and Loose, but how does that apply to a five-man enchantment that takes three turns to get going? <laughs> it's there, There's not it's many things loose. that are slow loose. and tight, slow and <laughs> steady. <laughs> yeah. Slow and steady slow would
2: and have been tight. The word Wow. Mm-hmm. have Yes.
1: Uh, Anyways, (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about my last card now. Uh,
0: Is it Fast and Loose? No. (laughs) It is the other one that I said before. (laughs) Um,
1: So yeah, I talked about a common, talked about an uncommon. Now I got a rare for you here. Uh, Luckily, it is not a very expensive rare. I think it's sitting around $3. The rare I'm referring to is Dream Devourer, a uh, a cool little demon cleric that we got uh, pretty recently in Kaldheim. Uh, He only costs one in a black, so sort of keeping to the theme of, uh, you know, once again, really small, uh, low-cost spells. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you, this guy, this guy's pretty ugly, and I wouldn't want to see this guy at, like, a car dealership, because he looks like he's going to rip me off. But this guy will give you... Rip you in half. (laughs) This guy will give you the best layaway loan plan (laughs) for any spell in your hand. Um Walmart watch out. If you're, <laughs> if you're it's the um, Christmas season. <laughs> um what this guy does is uh when he's in play, of course, uh each non-land card in your hand without foretell has foretell. Its foretell cost is equal to its mana cost produced by 2. A- essentially the summary of this is that you get to put mana down on a spell and not have to pay it later when you you probably uh really don't want to have to pay that much. Um uh, so, yeah, uh, if you could just drop them onto the battlefield, turn two, and start putting cards away for later. Just saving them up. And, uh, you know, maybe if you're like me, you'll probably try to do something heinous. Uh, like, you know, once you've stashed a bunch of cards away in Exile, you, like, play a wheel. And then everyone discards their hand, just draws seven cards. Except you've actually got, like, 14 cards because you already put a bunch away. Um, and, of course, I, I couldn't help but think of recently, Chev had uh, run in a few games a Prosper deck, uh, which cares about casting cards from Exile. Um, if you happen to have any other cards similar to that, or if you're just playing a Prosper deck, um, then this guy is just going to be fuel for uh, cards from Exile f- four days.
0: I think something to note about this, too, is that once it's foretold, like it's good to go. You know, like if someone, if you foretell like four cards and then someone kills your Dream Devourer, you can still play those, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 turns later when they're relevant. Like you just got to get them down and you can only foretell on your turn, but you can do it at instant speed, I believe. Yeah. So even if someone like targets, you know, your, your, uh, Dream Devourer with like a swords of plowshares, you can be like, oh shit, uh, foretell, foretell. Okay. All right. Resolves. But I've got these. Or, well, I guess instant speed discard is, is very rare, but if someone like instant speed thought sees you, you can <laughs> hide that shit, put yep. it away. I don't know. I just imagine this guy, he's like on the, is it the QVC channel? They're just like, for four easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. you too <laughs> could have, you know, a four, a four mana Savala Stampede. But wait... There's more Foretold cards.
1: <laughs> he's got this, like, nasty yeah, exactly. beard. He's, like, just like the... <laughs>
3: yeah, know. like, I, I think there's there's a bit of a flavor fail with this very aggressive demon cleric just coming at me, and he's like, nah, don't worry about it. Just just lay that stuff away. We'll get to it later. Like, there's, there's a patience element to the card that is not met by the very aggressive
1: demon mm-hmm. kind of staring you in the face. Perhaps the more... The more flavor-related part of this spell that I neglected to mention before—he is a 0-3, but he also has whenever you foretell a card, he gets plus two plus zero until the end of the turn. So I think it's like, ah, uh, you're foretelling this thing, and I'm like eating it or something, but you still get to cast it later. <laughs>
3: so yeah, because I guess it's the the dream that's being devoured is that you will yeah. play the card, your later. vision or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm um. just imagining though the the thing where like it's just. You and like one other person and you have your dream devour out and you're like, well, I'm gonna pay eight mana to foretell four cards and then kill you by attacking for <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter. I don't need these cards, but I just want the buff.
1: <laughs> I always imagine this being most powerful when it comes to like big spell slinger decks because of course I'm thinking about that, right like you um you stash away your like torment of Hellfire, and then you get two two free ones uh, in the late game when you uh, when you really need it. Or like a dead to the death was. In a place that people can't touch it either.
3: Because like once it's in exile, you know, you can't get discarded, can't get exiled again.
2: <laughs> Rift Sweeper, baby. <laughs> I love the idea of Rift Should Sweeper put that on someone on. else's card aggressively.
3: <laughs> Isn't Rift Sweeper face up exile cards though? Or is that the uh, pull from eternity?
0: Mm. Fucking I don't know. I didn't know there were cards that referenced. Yeah, because it's like, like face this down in exile face is up used ones.
3: by a lot of different things. So it's like they didn't want to interact with that that zone.
2: Face up is rift sweeper. Well, that's sad. Uh, pull from eternity is also face up.
1: They're just safe. You just put them in They're the zone. Safe.
2: Things are
0: not safe uh, if you just kill the player before they get the chance to play it.
1: All right, you're thinking like a red player
2: now, Julian. <laughs> Heck yeah,
0: brother. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like I got my own dream devourer and I'm gonna foretell five cards and attack you for ten.
2: All right, all right. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I'm... No, I, I I I had a transition and then you 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 ruined it. I hate you. Are you surprised? Uh, No. However, um, (laughs) Oakley mentioned this card is great in Spellslinger decks, uh, and then said you're thinking like a red player. Uh, I'm thinking like a red player with a spellsinger deck. Uh, Why aren't more people playing Galvanic Array? It's a card that I think is... It's got one of the most busted keywords of all time. It's the scale after which busted keywords are named. Uh, It is Storm, and Galvanic Relay says uh two and a red for a sorcery exile the top card of your library during your next turn you may play that card storm so uh there is one particular reason I really like this card uh I have fiddled around with the storm deck uh in digital magic before a uh it is it is very slow it takes a lot of time to properly adjust all the counters on a computer uh but um <laughs> one thing is after you have a big power turn you're kind of spent usually one of your resources is run down and i feel like often that resource is cards so if at the end of one of your power turns or even in the middle you're able to play galvanic relay it sort of preloads your next turn with a giant handful of cards where you can have a lot of those rituals prepped a lot of uh like cantrips prepped um it also lets you play lands because it is play that card not cast that card the only real downsides of Galvanic Relay, which I, I do want to be clear about, are your opponents can see everything you're about to do on your next turn. Uh, all those cards are just exiled and out in the open, and you can't play those cards the turn you play Galvanic Relay. It has to be the next turn. However, if you're in a Spell your deck, maybe the next turn is your turn. Have you considered that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alternatively, there's a lot of things that let you uh, cast cards at instant speed when you normally couldn't. Uh, at which point uh, Galvanic Relay gets a little bit better. And Galvanic Relay will always replace itself. And so even if there's like a, a three-card interaction where like you try and remove something and then someone counterspells it, uh, and then you play Galvanic Relay, that's three-mana draw three next turn, essentially. It's a card that's a lot more flexible than it first appears, and it just absolutely deserves to be run in more than 1,400 decks. It's... It is a powerful red card that I think is is disrespected because it's not one of the busted Storm cards. It's just a good Storm card.
1: Gotta watch out for that Rift Sweeper, though, because you can hit these guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's true. Rift Sweeper true, yeah.
2: can fuck you up. If someone has to Rift Sweeper, or uh, something you Galvanic store relayed, it was probably a pretty good card.
0: I mean, Eric, I Absolutely. think this just proves that, like, it's not one of the busted cards, right? Because this, this was printed in Modern Horizons... Uh, two two? this year Yeah, just recently (laughs) yeah so it's like this is wizards being like oh this is how you actually do storm it's very good in the right deck but it's not busted no one's going to call to ban galvanic relay but still i think people are used to the crap that we saw from the uh, the olden days and this is a cool card
3: i'm going to choose to think this is part of a mega red cycle that's going to happen over the modern horizons sets we got shenanigans two mana red sorcery busted uh, uh keyword dredge And then a pretty benign ability, and now we have Galvanic Relay, pretty benign ability with a busted keyword. I think the next one is going to cost four mana, but I don't know what would be more busted than Drainer. Annihilator.
1: Oh wait, how about how about um how about Dash? How about Dash? Oh wait, no. How about um how about Delirium? There. Delirium. Oh, Oh, Mm.
0: they already printed Unholy Heat and Dragon. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm I'm messing with.
0: Oh uh, no, but I don't think they have a red card that has delve, and delve is they one of busted. They do, and it was home. in
1: Modern Horizons. Um, of course uh, it was. Magmatic Sinkhole, mm. five damage to target uh player planeswalker or creature planeswalker. Excuse me. Um, it's like of course it's like six uh, mana, I'm... but delve.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I need something that's a little bit more exciting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than just a random burn spell. <laughs> doesn't even
1: go face. It doesn't even kill Oko. Actually, yeah, I think it does.
2: It kills Oko if your opponent forgot to plus two him. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true <laughs> does Oko come in with four and then yes. go up to six is that what it is
2: oh I my god so. jesus freaking frack
0: um never mind yeah so eric um your your blue red x spell slinger deck with caster timing gallery galvanic relay when uh
2: legitimately you're joking but that was part of the thought process <laughs>
0: dude i'm excited because you don't really do that sort of thing so it'd be interesting to see your take on that and then to see it in the pod
3: bring back joyra use that to cast through time much earlier oh no (laughs) yeah uh
2: joyra was one of like two commanders where uh edh rec was willing to be like all right you can run it in this deck uh (laughs) narset was the other one where it's like okay you can cast this for free and then it's fine
0: (laughs) yep i will do it your are spell slinger deck where you're just like I just want to cast my seven mana enchantments for free. That's it. I'm not even trying to cast time
2: walk. I just want my enchantments. I'm, I'm probably going back to Kaikar if I make this deck. Love it, love a good bird spicy.
3: You need to you need to find a way to one get a Canadian dollar coin and then two find a way for that to be useful in the deck.
2: Uh, I'll throw <laughs> some coin flip cards in there for you.
3: A loony and a toonie.
0: <laughs> well, there's the, I mean there's the one that that uh. Get an extra, takes turn. an extra turn. Yeah, stitch time. And then you can rebound that? You can rebound that bad boy? Imagine
3: failing that twice, though. That would be That's the worst, worst thing imaginable. Imagine succeeding like, twice, though. Twice coming though. back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Chep, imagine it hitting twice, though. Maybe I need through time in my coin flip deck. Maybe you don't. <laughs> at all. Ever. He's
1: throwing some coins in the art in through time. He's like dumping yeah, some coins it, in it. It's them.
3: all there.
0: All the signs. <laughs> Nobby, nah, those, are, those, are, those are some freaking rocks. Coins are Trust just me, rocks. I would know
2: coins are just fancy rocks <laughs> that seems like a bit of a stretch but
0: prove me wrong show
2: me where the math is bad
0: listen do i look like i do math okay
2: um i feel like there's at least one of these cards we haven't talked about yet and by that i mean there's exactly one uh
0: that's me that's uh that's mine so shout, shout out to one of our patrons uh magnus maybe that's how you say it i'm I, every fucking time i'm so sorry He <laughs> won't tell um, us either but which he is actually... the most frustrating part <laughs> I know. We need him to send a voice message that's literally two seconds long, and it's just him saying his name, that's all. <laughs> but uh, he actually, well, sort of turned me on to this because, fun fact, if you like our content and you decide you want to support support us on Patreon, you just get basically constant access to us. So uh, Magnus and I have been kind of working through his Korvold deck now. It's go- going uh, through a complete uh, overhaul, so we've done you know quite a few revisions of it, and one of the cards in that deck is Mortuary, which for that deck is part of... a a combo a sacrifice combo because Corvold is uh, a busted card but mortuary is also just a card that you can play in uh, basically any black deck mortuary is three and a black for an enchantment Uh, this is an old one so it's got some funky art on it which it's kind of endearing i don't know but it says whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield put that creature put that card on top of your library sorry it's got the the old text on it, so I was trying to remember the oracle text. Oh yeah, whenever creature's put in your graveyard from the battlefield, put that card on top of your library. Uh, This is seen play in less than 1% of decks. Literally 760 decks out of 42,000 on EDA track that it could be in. Um, One, it's only a single color, so it's super easy to put in any deck. And it's an enchantment, which I would say is probably the hardest card type to interact with. I think that's a reasonable statement uh, about. So you know, it's not like it's just going to get immediately removed, but you're already in black, right? So doing sacrifice things, kind of like Magnus is doing with Korvold, um, reanimating things, any sort of graveyard shenanigans and and synergies, that's already just baked into that color anyway. But even if you're just playing like a very straightforward whatever deck, um, being able to just rebuy every single creature you have instantly just kind of blew my mind when I first saw this card. Like, It's just like your creature dies and now all of a sudden it's immediately back on top of your library. You're drawing it next turn and you're playing it again next turn. And that's the base case, much less if you have any way to, uh, you know, draw cards when creatures die, which there are plenty in black. So it's just now all of a sudden, anything, anything, anytime anything dies, one, you get the die trigger, which you might have things that care about that or maybe that creature cares about it. Um, But now all of a sudden it's back in your hand. If you have multiple of those, now you're actually generating uh, you know, velocity uh, through your deck, um, like skull clamp. If you have this plus skull clamp plus a sacrifice outlet, that's pretty stupid. If you don't have those things, you can like sort of almost lock yourself on top of your deck. Kind of like how senseis, you know, can lock you. But like, once again, still, if you're playing this, you're probably playing good creatures that either have really good static effects or ETBs. Like, I mean, imagine this is just like Gary every time. Right. <laughs> and then if someone then... wrath of God's, you literally take all your creatures and you just put them on top of your (laughs) deck in whatever order you want so that you can perfectly sequence them, you know? And then, like I said, once again, if you have any way to draw multiple cards a turn, whether that's just playing one of the many black draw spells, read the bones, whatever, or if you have Phyrexian Arena, now all of a sudden you're going through them, you just get double the creep. It's like Eric's uh, caster time, except this only costs four Creature Rebound. Only one pip, (laughs) and it's all your... yeah, Yeah, Creature Rebound, exactly. Also, this card is only... Two or three dollars, which is ridiculous for a super old card. Uh,
2: one thing I do want to say about this card, not to disparage it in any way, but notably, it is not a may trigger. You you do not have a choice if someone removes your super expensive creature. Everyone knows that you are br- not necessarily breaking a draw, but like that you are drawing that super heavy creature next turn, and that, uh, like so, if you're hell bent and you have this on the field, people can lock up your draws pretty bad, but. Uh, just don't get Hellman. <laughs> just play Corvill. Just play creatures
1: with
0: nice ETBs. Yeah. Like I was saying, there's... Obviously, there is a, a, a quote-unquote risk to this card, but there's a reason that you get to build your deck yes, so that you can compensate for that weakness. Yeah, <laughs> I, so it's like...
2: I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. thing. It was just an interesting thing that I thought of where I was like, oh, like, how would this go if, like... Essentially, like if you played this into Chev's Toshiro deck, Chev could be like, oh, what a shame... Looks like you're drawing Soccer Tribe Elder again this turn. <laughs> Yo,
0: honestly, Soccer Tribe Elder, though, that would be crazy, because you can just continually ramp everything in your
2: deck. You'd only get to spend two mana a turn, though. Like, if if that was truly, like, you're, you were locked up and that was your only draw, that's... Oh,
0: well, yeah, locked up, that would suck. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if you... it just like, Yeah, this is good know, with Soccer Tribe two...
2: Elder, but, like, eventually it's yeah, bad with yeah. Soccer Tribe Elder. Yeah. Once, once again, you need, you need a
0: way to draw two cards a turn so that you're basically just getting that, that rampant growth a turn. But anyway, still a uh, very cool card and something that I would like to include in a relevant deck sometime soon. So yeah, I do. I do like those, those old cards where it's, it's just not a May. They're just like, now nah, you're going to do this. And like, sometimes it's going to be really good, but sometimes you're going to get fucked. (laughs) I was going to say, I I like how we've kind of come full circle with some of those abilities
3: where it started off and it's a must trigger. Then they were like, well, you know, if it's not a good thing, maybe we want to make it a may. And now designing for digital magic, uh, you know, why would we want a may? that's more clicks and we're back to must. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Fecundity. very good with this card. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. What is that? Whenever a creature dies, it's controlling major card or something like that? Mage. Ooh, May.
3: <laughs> I see what you did there.
2: That's a, it's a couple more clicks, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, Fecundity with this immediately alleviates that problem because whenever the creature dies, you get the draw trigger right away. And so it essentially just says whenever a creature dies, put it back in your hand. That's what I'm all about
0: right there. Right Julian, what are you talking
3: about? You rarely pay, play creatures.
2: Yeah, but when he does, they're good that's that's also true true
0: true which means that i want them as many times as i can get them you know
3: i thought it meant something else my bad thought when you play good creatures you didn't want them as many times as as you could that's my mistake
0: i just i'm not used to having them because (laughs) i play them and they just get killed you know yeah or i play them and then everyone plays a bunch more creatures than me and i'm like well Crap, I got a (laughs) Wrath of God, which means I guess, you know, my creatures are just a casualty.
3: You know how you stop a Wrath of God, though, Julian? In any color deck? Warping (laughs) whale. There you go. There you go.
2: We've come full circle. Very nice. I believe we have literally come full circle in terms of we're, we're done with all the cards, right? 360 degrees of chill picks.
3: Does anyone have a particular memory with some of these cards they want to mention, like some particular game yeah. gameplay decision? Warping that game whale, killing
1: my brash taunter. <laughs> I'll never. Forget. I mean, warping
3: whale easily for me has yeah. the most. You got the kill in the brash taunter. I believe it stopped depth to the deathless at least <clears throat> once, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a torment of hailfire. Yeah. Actually, like I, I'm I'm usually using it on those
1: guys. Actually, I got one more uh, with Topplegeist. I remember like the first time it debuted. Or, um, you know, the first time I played it, uh, I think Julian was playing his five-color Niv deck. Or, a five-color Niv deck at the time. (laughs) And I I played it, and Julian was like, that card's not that good. Like, how are you really going to have Delirium? And then, like, a few turns went by, and I got Delirium, and I was just tapping Niv down every turn. And I'm pretty sure Julian spent, like, a whole removal spell on it. He was like, yeah, that card's pretty good. (laughs) <laughs>
3: I mean, delirium's <laughs> like super easy to hit in commander. Just like an evolving wild, yeah. a cultivate, sakura tribe elder. That's already three types. Yep. And then you know you get a mind stone or something and get rid of it. I, I it, it might take a little bit of build up, but if you spend five minutes in deck construction trying to make it happen, you know a crop yep. rotate and a harrow as opposed to maybe mm-hmm. a cultivate, and you're you're gonna have it as much as you need.
2: Yeah. Um, I think most of That's my memories free... when I look at this list of cards. I just zone in on, like, dial in on Paradox Zone, and I'm like, oh my god, that card's a freaking nightmare. Because, again, this most frequently comes out in our low-power games, where, you know, we're playing our $30 decks, we're playing uh, some stuff that's pretty cheap, and then all of a sudden Paradox Mm -hmm. Zone comes out, and we're like, oh shit, we lose if no one finds a disenchant. (laughs)
3: 79 cents. It's, like, a lot of these, one of the the most interesting things about all the new commander cards is, like I mentioned, there's a few that are, are... you know, uh, worth a bit of coin, but the rest are ridiculously cheap because they've just had so little time in the spotlight. I think recently it's been going on on Twitter and stuff, but, um, you know, all facts come from Twitter, but the number of cards printed in 2021 is to the surprise of no one more than any other gear in history. And then you get into all the different versions of cards and from a, a budget and cost perspective, it's amazing. Like, how many of you guys know what Commander's Insight is? Say it again. Commander's Insight?
2: I, I do not. I don't know. I don't know. Another don't one from glow.
3: C21. Three blue and X instant. 30 cents. Target player draws X cards plus an additional card for each time they've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Ooh. Oh, nice. 37 cents. That's and it's pricey. one more mana than a. Um, well, it's the same as, like, Genius Thoughts, Thoughts of Genius, whatever. Stroke it's of genius. Stroke Stroke genius. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's Sun, yeah it's Zena. one more than of Genius yeah, Blue Sun, but yeah, pretty solid. Like there are so many just because they've been pumped out in all these supplemental sets, so it's it's a really good resource to look at, and a lot of them will be incredibly cheap.
0: Trev, you got Bredigard Stronghold in your homsa deck?
3: I believe so. Yeah. They put two 1-1 right. counters on creatures, give them Trample and Lifelink. Yeah, I, I think that's in there because, yeah. you know, since Hamza cares about, you know, your army having the 1-1 counters, being able to distribute them is is pretty nice.
0: Yeah. I just definitely know that I've destroyed multiple lands, sometimes good ones, sometimes I was just feeling spiteful with that Not Volt Slumber Mound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I, know I know that I've, I don't think I, don't I, don't think have, I, don't think I have in an EDH with y'all, but I've definitely cloned some pretty disgusting stuff with Lyarra Mirror mm. Lake in uh, Brawl mm. Arena. I definitely cloned a Thorn Mammoth one time, Oof. which is something that you can do in uh, in EDH. Yeah,
3: I, um, I mean, like cloning a creature is always yeah, going to be good, especially nasty. in Simic, where there are the Avengers of
0: Zendikar, there are the
3: Agents of Treachery. Like, you've got some pretty powerful targets. I did. To I cloned
0: an agent one time. That was pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yup. It's good stuff.
3: Indeed. That's,
0: it. that's yeah. it. I think we're done. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's that's all our picks. Um, mm-hmm. We gotta. We can't say them all in the same cast, right? We gotta milk this for content. Of course. Tune in 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 ten weeks when we do Chill Picks Four. <laughs> A new hope. Chill Picks Four. Yeah, you. It's, it's
0: been it's been averaging about. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wait. Oh, I I want to uh, make some please, like shitty like early two thousands three D pun with this. Uh, where just like every movie, they were like, we need to release a trilogy, and the third one has to be terrible. Chill
3: Picks now in 3D.
2: (laughs) Shout out to Spy Kids 3D. Perhaps one one. of the worst films ever made.
0: (laughs) But so good. So good deep down. But like, 1 and 2 were just... Yeah, 1 and 2 were sick. (laughs) 1 and
2: 2 were straight heat, but then 3, they were like, alright, let's do a You Die in the Game, You Die in real life. Let's have A Elijah classic. Wood in there for 30 seconds. <laughs> uh...
1: <laughs> Two had machete. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Machete. No, George Lopez was in Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yeah. He was the bad guy in that.
2: All right, all right. We've we fully lost the plot. Find us at Trickers everywhere we... except. Uh, everywhere. Oh, oh, we're done. No.
1: Okay. Damn it. <laughs>